This episode is not sponsored, but we encourage you to help support the small businesses, charities and organisations that we mention. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Our Circle. Today we are joined by the independent artist who also works as an audio engineer slash producer and voiceover director, Farrell. Hello. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm so excited to have you. I think just jumping straight into it, let's just talk about who you are to everyone. So you are a musician. How long have you been a musician for? Tell the world. I've been, I'm a guitarist first, really. Um, An amazing guitarist. And I'm not, I'm not being <laughs> biased. You. I'm not being biased <laughs> at all. You're, he's a mixture of John Mayer. He's a mixture of, we got some BB King influences in there. Like a there's bit. a lot going on. So please check him out. I know I'm doing this very quickly, but I want people to know straight away. Now to myself even more. <laughs> I've, um, I've been a guitarist for 11 years now. Um, mainly started um, doing it properly when I, moved to the UK, kind of started off on more of the rock side of things and then kind of transitioned into the more bluesy, more feely kind of lead and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I'm definitely more into the the chiller side of guitar now, the kind did of- you, Did you start as uh, electric guitar or did you do both? Did you do acoustic and electric? So when I, I played like acoustic guitar, quite basically like I could do the like normal chords and stuff like that but I wasn't at that stage I wasn't really super invested into guitar yet and then I I met Isaac which is that's my brother by the way Riyadid's brother <laughs> who like blew my mind and I was like I have to start playing guitar now like Wait, he got guitar. you into playing he was like him and Peter was the main reason why I'm like, I didn't I know this now. oh we're getting exclusives already <laughs> <laughs> really shocked because you're incredible at playing and I had no idea that Isaac could have influenced that <laughs> but I, I I wasn't I wasn't as good then when, when I started so I had I, I played it a little bit I played right. guitar and I wasn't super at that stage guitar wasn't like my main passion or it wasn't like the thing that I do all day right. every day as it is now right. uh, but I remember I was in in school i walked into like the music room and then isaac and peter um peter was a a drummer who's just insane, incredible. i mean yeah i, I i'm uh, really tempted to have him on here just to talk about that yeah. as well i walk into this room and isaac who has the longest curly hair like <laughs> probably longer than yours now Rhiannon, he's just <laughs> and he's there and he's there shredded on his guitar and peter's doing crazy stuff on drums that i walk in and i just like i want to play with these people um, oh, cool. but, I, but I couldn't play with these people because I wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I just I couldn't keep up with them. Jeez, so but you caught up quick though. I've got video footage of you guys playing together at school. Like you would have been in year eleven, maybe or something. Yeah, like, where you were doing what was it? I, I don't remember the song. It was very loud. <laughs> I think yes, they were all very Avenged loud sevenfold. songs. It was Avenged, Avenged it was Sevenfold. sevenfold. And, and yeah. you guys, there was this really cute moment. I was like, this is exciting. Like, this could be something. And it was like, yeah. did you walk over to him or he walked over to you? And then you started, like, playing together. And everyone was just like, oh, shit. And I was just like, this is, yeah. this is cool. <laughs> I felt really, like, excited and proud. <laughs> those were the days, man. I love, I love playing with those guys. Um, yeah. It's definitely a lot harder now because Peter's 
off doing his doing his thing and saying but Isaac we're kind of more apart now but definitely want to play with them more in the future it'd be mm. great mm, yeah, but those are the guys who kind of started me off on my guitar journey I then wow. decided not to have a life and just practice all day <laughs> <laughs> well I mean when did songwriting then come because I mean some people think that they go hand in hand but I think some people just prefer to play um, music that they already know they don't think to write or, or they don't feel inspired to write anything. They just like to to play. So when, when did that come in for you? So it was definitely a few years in where I started feeling more comfortable with the guitar. I wasn't thinking as much when I played. So then I could start kind of transmitting my own kind of flavor on things and any kind of moods or styles that I wanted to bring to it rather than playing other people's styles yeah Yeah, and then I I kind of went full on into songwriting rather than playing covers and things like Mm. that like now I I hardly know any songs from other people (laughs) Uh, so whenever so whenever anyone asks me to play guitar I'm like I can't play guitar because you won't know any songs that I'm playing (laughs) but yeah it was it was definitely kind of earlier on I just I just fell in love with it the fact that you could make something new and Mm. then someone else could potentially feel an emotional connection to that song Mm. whether it be Mm. whether they be they just relate to it on the same level that you did or they hate it and it makes them angry (laughs) like I love I loved all reactions to it it was great as long as they're reacting you're happy 100% that's all that matters (laughs) as long as I make you feel something uh, rather than be like oh that's just you're indifferent to it I guess that's a song and then they just kind of skip it Right. Yeah. Do you know what? Actually, that makes a lot of sense because there's more songs that sort of stand out for a reason that you either love or hate, aren't there, than the yeah. ones that you're indifferent to. So that's, yeah, that's that's a good point. I wanted to ask you, um, your genre that you play, is that different to your favourite genre that you listen to? Mm. Or is it all sort of on par? That's such a tough question. That's a great question. Or have you got um, like a real mix? I Well, I, f- I find it really hard to pick what genre I sit in just personally okay. I don't I don't know um I find it hard to see because I feel like it's in the middle of a few different ones it's kind of on that alternative side singer songwriter but alternative and singer songwriter are like the two most broadest genres there mm. could possibly be um it's definitely the kind of music that I prefer to listen to I I really like that more chilled ambient clean guitar kind of sound where it's like or a thick soundscape of sounds and it's just really thick and there's loads of stuff going on in the mm. background. I, I love music like that. Um, and I tend to listen to more of that music than I do the kind of rock and metal side of things, which is why I write the music that I write. It's the, mm. the music that you listen to is the music that you want to potentially make. So mm. okay, most definitely. I think it's interesting how your sound has developed and changed because you have quite a few um uh songs or tracks out on soundcloud i almost forgot <laughs> um, about that soundcloud i was like oh wow <laughs> we're going there uh, yeah but i mean <laughs> but but that sound that you're doing there it was obviously very much um experimental and you know and and it was sort of more on part of what you were into at the time and i love that those i was playing some of it to um just before this actually <laughs> but i i love that and and you sort of go through a lot of different sounds actually and I think coming to what you're going to be released or what's been released by the time this episode comes out it should be out so you can go and stream it now and go check it out but it's a very different sound 
very different to what you've done before, in my opinion. Yeah, most definitely. I think because I listen to so many different types of music that I'm just inspired by all sorts of different things. Mm. And it's definitely what you're doing at the time. Like it, it took me a long time to find my sound that I was comfortable or I thought that this was like really good and then can proceed further. Mm-hmm. And also the main difference is that I wasn't singing then. Yes, I wanted to bring this up. Like when did this actually start? Because you've always had like other people singing, like me included. You've had me singing on stuff. Yeah. And I, I sort of in the back of my head I wondered like could you sing but you just hadn't sort of thing. Or like what pushed you to start singing? Well it was during the first lockdown that it really kind of came and started becoming something more that I felt more confident with. Um, Because I thought I could sing. I thought I could sing in tune with people, which is all you want. (laughs) (laughs) As long as I'm somewhat in tune, I'm happy. But I I always found it hard, like playing guitar and singing at the same time, because I'm a guitarist first. And the way my brain works musically, I think in guitar language like I did want to ask that actually like is there I've never even really thought about it but when you're playing guitar are you thinking about where your fingers need to go next or they already know what notes they're about to hit or do you have to like how does that work I think when um when I'm really feeling a song I you don't have to think as much um and the way the way that I write music I'll I'll think a lot for like the chords or rhythm part of it and then when I when it comes to lead and melodies, I kind of just let it play, and I the stuff that comes, I just kind of mess around and improvise loads of melodies and stuff on top, mm. and then I pick the ones that I really like, um, and go from there. So a lot of it, like on this next track, a lot of the weird melodies going back and forth was like a one take that sounds good, and then you just move oh. on to another one, and then you just keep going until there's. A whole load of sounds and you don't know what to listen to my music before it was all instrumental music so i always found it was hard to get people to listen to it because there's not like a singer or a melody line that people like latch on to mm-hmm. so when i started singing it was actually when i was working on songs with you mm-hmm. earlier on we were like going back and forth on stuff and i was thinking of melody lines for you and i was kind of like humming them to myself and things like that recording little snippets of like why not try this and that and then I was just messing around on guitar and I made this completely random song completely different to anything that we were working on and it was the first time that like lyrics were actually coming to mind that I liked and I wanted to make that's really Uh, exciting when that happens because obviously before you've come to me to do like can you do the lyrics for this I'm like yeah sure yeah I I couldn't write lyrics I could think of the melodies I could I know where it goes but Mm. I could have find the lyrical content that worked for a song or or maybe I was just like afraid to try it myself because I'm not a singer so I thought let's kind of let's work with other people and do it that way but definitely working with other artists like yourself you you hear the inspiration from other people and how they write lyrics to how Mm. other people do it Mm. the different Mm. sounds they do Um, so yeah it's singing has been less than a year really of me being like confident enough to do it um a handful of people have actually heard me sing a lot more people hopefully now since the song yeah. <laughs> you'd hope so <laughs> hopefully um, we we actually had a, a listener ask a question and i guess you could apply it to maybe this track um that you're coming out with do you think of lyrics first or do you start with a guitar melody before finding the lyrics so with since you started singing how does it work at the moment it's 
mainly guitar first. I have a chord progression or a little melody or something like that. And I work on the bare bones of a track, like its structure, where things are going, um, mm -hmm. verses and choruses and stuff. And then I tend to do lyrics afterwards, especially for verses, because verses are so hard to write. Mm. <laughs> so sometimes one lyric, like maybe one line will come to mind. Or I, I listen to a lot of, um, you know, the big compilations of like either lo-fi or chilled. Yeah. They're like hours long that you yeah. just pop on in the background. I listen to a lot of them. And sometimes I just like, like to try and riff or think of lyrics to these random songs. And then you're like, oh, that that two lines was really nice. What if I make a song around that? And then you kind of yeah. do it that way. So it's it's definitely changed more now that I'm more confident in singing and writing lyrics myself. But 90% of the time I write guitar first. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I'm not saying it's easier or I'm not saying it's easy, but I think it's easier because when, say for example, if I've written lyrics, it's so much harder for me to figure out the music that goes to it. Yeah, definitely. Just because if I've got a melody in my head, I'm like, well, I've got to figure out what key I'm in, which I'm, I suck at doing. I have to get yeah. you or my brother, or I have to get someone else to tell me what key I'm singing in. And then they can start telling me the chord progression that I didn't even know I created that is, has been done. And then that's how you do it. So I feel like your method, I think, is probably very much preferred. <laughs> it's less, It's less stressful for me. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. Because you can just think of like, if you're just thinking of a melody on the top of your head, you might not be in time with anything. You don't mm. know. You don't know what time signature and stuff you're in. So you're just like, it's just, yeah, when you said stuff to me, I'm there like, I'm pulling whatever hair I have left out. <laughs> and I'm like, how on earth do I get this chord progression to work? Sorry. <laughs> you to like move stuff around. It's great though. It's I'm awesome. just challenging your brain. That's all. That's what you want. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously you've got a massive interest in music obviously but has it always been the case like you said before you sort of had met Isaac and Peter that you had other hobbies and stuff have any of those sort of um continued with you as an adult yeah I think as a kid you kind of grow up wanting to be a, a sportsman or a sports star as it sometimes <laughs> you know that's what that was like the first dream you could think of uh, I could think of anyway for myself music was always a part of my life but it was mainly on the consuming and listening to music like I always resonated mm. with music personally it was when I kind of met a few certain people that opened my eyes to what you can do with music or the guitar that really pushed it and i just fell in love with guitar because it was like how i expressed myself i would right. write i would write music because all my music is really sad <laughs> it's um it's it's kind of more deep emotional stuff so i like to kind of pour everything into it which mm. is why i think music became the okay. main passion for me because yeah i can't i can't talk to people <laughs> <laughs> So your interest in music and your music career, has that always been supported by people around you, like your family and your friends? 100%. Um, it's, it was a weird one when I, I told my folks that I wanted to um, go off and study audio recording. How did that conversation go? It was met with a lot of support. Good. They just wanted, they just wanted to know that it's definitely something that I wanted right. and not something mm. that I was like falling back on. If okay. that makes sense because mm -hmm. um, sometimes parents are like oh music are you sure are you sure I don't I don't think that's the most viable thing to go down but then I list them a bunch of like jobs that I could get in the 
audio tech world and producing and things like that. Yeah, they 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 support me on everything that I do, and they're the first ones that I send all my songs to. Um, because that's they'll, really nice. I think that's so cool. I yeah, love that because they will tell me if it's terrible straight up. <laughs> yeah, they're like the most <laughs> honest, honest critics. They will hundred percent. Are they musical critics. as well? My dad plays a bit of guitar. Uh, we love a good drunk sing song. Um, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. He's quite musical. They're not as musical as me, I would say, in terms of kind of I've devoted everything to it. Right. Um, my dad plays guitar. He loves playing guitar. My brothers and stuff play a little bit of guitar, but I'm definitely the the music head. They're all a bit more sporty than me. So right. I call myself the creative of the bunch. I, I would <laughs> say that's accurate. So during the pandemic, how have you, have you found that you've had more time for to be creative or have you been working throughout the pandemic? I have been working. I was, I was furloughed at the beginning of it for a little bit. Obviously things dry up near the beginning and especially at the first lockdown when we didn't really know what was going on. Right. Everything mm-hmm. kind of shut down a bit more. During then I had so much time and that's really when this journey of me releasing like this track now has come from it, it was back then when I had all the time in the world just to write music and mm. I, had, I had no excuses because I do a full-time job and I'm in the studio all the time recording other people somewhere now when I have been working you have you come home and you're like oh do I want to set up a mic again and record myself mm, right. you, you, you kind of start giving yourself excuses like oh, I, I'm, I was busy today or whatever it is you have no excuses then if you don't do it when you're have nothing on you just got to get it done so I, I love that and you could just sit in creativity I was doing a lot of stuff with Rihanna and a lot of stuff with other people at the time as well so my creative juices were just going do you feel like if the pandemic hadn't happened this might have um, taken a bit longer for you to get to 100% I don't think I think I would definitely the singing would have come later okay um, I definitely think um, therefore tracks like this being released wouldn't have been released it definitely came organically in a time where everything was going crazy Mm. so at least we got something good from the pandemic right (laughs) silver linings and all that yeah definitely can we um can we ask a little bit then about your your work because i think you have a really interesting job i know at times you probably might feel a bit sick of it but i think a lot of our listeners would be quite interested in it so you work in the voiceover industry and as an audio engineer producer director can you tell us a bit like what that means yeah of course so i work in a a voiceover studio where i record and edit voiceovers that can range tv commercials to documentaries audio books character voices for video games and cartoons and things like that and my job basically is to make sure of course the sound the audio quality as is the best that it can be and also at times to direct voiceover so just to get the best performance or intonation out of VO artists that come into the booth. How do you do that? Like, how do you direct someone vocally? It's a weird one. A lot of it comes down to when they come in, it's finding the tone of what the client wants. A lot of it now, clients want the kind of more conversational, just chatting to me over drinks at a pub. They want that sound. I tell a lot of VO artists to kind of to get physical in the booth, like use your hands. Robin Williams sort of. Yeah. And especially for character voices, uh, like you see him doing the GD from Aladdin. And he's like, he's embodying the whole character. And you definitely have to do that because the body and voice are definitely connected. So Mm -hmm. um, you definitely need to be physical in there but don't hit the pop shield I don't like it when that happens <laughs> do you ever get frustrated like if an artist isn't doing it kind of how you've got it in your head 
Like, are you like, oh, I could do this better? <laughs> I definitely don't think that at all. I am not a voiceover <laughs> artist at all, at all. Fair enough. Um, no, I, def- I never think that I could ever do it better. I would never want to go into the booth. <laughs> Having someone like me telling you to do it again all the time, I would never be able to do it. Well, do um, they get frustrated if you're like, um, can we just do that one more time? I think the best VO artists don't get frustrated. They know that we're all here to do a job. They're the VO artists there. Their job is to kind of just keep giving to the to the <laughs> client, the engineer, whoever's there. The VO artist and engineer, we tend to be like a, a little team. Like we're on the same team and we're like with the client. I, I kind of translate what the client wants to the mm-hmm. v, in like VO artist terms. Okay. Because a lot of times clients, they might are quite new to it or they haven't directed a session before or they know what they want, but they can't vocalize it in a way that is understandable for like something that an artist can do to right. make to get the sound that you want. Right. You get frustrated sometimes when sessions are taking a bit longer or they're not picking up the notes as well. But you can't get frustrated in a session like that because then the VO artist is going to get, they're going to get frustrated. They're going to feel mm. the tension. You just got to kind of, keep going and change your language maybe to make that note more understandable to them right kind of it's kind of a push and pull just working it out Mm. have you ever had like a really short session where someone's just come in and nailed it they're the best sessions I get really nervous during those sessions like are you sure do you want one more time maybe just to make sure we have it uh we had we had a session it was like a 15 second tv spot or something <laughs> I thought you were gonna say a 15 second session I was like wow <laughs> it, basically, it, it basically was we like we did more run-throughs ourselves before the session to like set levels than they than we did in the actual session wow. they came in banged it out twice and was like yeah we're happy send it over and I'm like we're we're five minutes into the hour of the session like are you sure do you want to do a couple more just for safety? <laughs> wow. They're like, no, we're happy. I was like, cool. Once the client's happy, yeah, uh, I'm happy. Cool. And yeah, those, those those are nice sessions when everything has been prepped beforehand. It's all nice. Clients are really easygoing and good. They, they know what they want, which is really good. What does a bad session look like then? I mean, can you maybe describe a couple of the worst ones that you've had? Bad sessions, it's... um. They can be sometimes when you're, it all comes down to preparation, in my opinion. It's not in the session. Everyone that I've worked with, they're a good VO artist, but maybe sometimes the preparation hasn't been there where it should have been beforehand. For example, audiobooks, if you haven't read the full book beforehand, you, why are you recording the book? Things like that. I wouldn't call these bad sessions, but sometimes when you're being given notes after every take, it, it can be quite daunting when you're just being told to do it again and again and sometimes people just kind of lock in and right almost take the notes personally rather than Mm. it being this is just a direction to get to get the best out of you it's not that we're not like attacking you we just want you to do it like this instead of that Um, (laughs) your shit do it better (laughs) yeah (laughs) you you never say that trust me How does how does someone then get into into either voiceover work or what you do where you're the role that you're doing? Was that something that you had to have experience in beforehand? I had no experience in voiceovers before I started this job. Okay. I was studying audio recording and production at uni. I was looking for like a work experience job as a sound engineer in a studio somewhere. This opportunity came about. The engineering aspects of it aren't as 
complicated as one might think or as opposed to recording like a full band or a full drum kit or anything you're only ever working on one mic at a time the engineering side was pretty straightforward you've got to learn the kit and everything of course but it's definitely an avenue that I suggest audio engineers go down because I didn't really think of the voiceover world as a viable option to go down mm. before starting it and then in terms of the VO directing I really learned that on the job just by watching um, my colleagues who they have like 30, 35 years in experience in the industry. So you just watch them directing people when you're just engineering. I'm just worrying about the recording rather than what they're saying. You pick it up quite quickly. I'm now four years into it. And I say a a lot of my um, directing terms that I use will be similar to my bosses or other engineers that come in because you just absorb all the things that they say which is good and in terms of actors who want to get into the voiceover world it's definitely something to look into because the voiceover industry hasn't really stopped since Mm. all of this has gone on Mm. if anything it's kind of gotten bigger because more and more companies they have an animation with a voice on top rather than you filming on a location to promote things like that more animation character voices video games are an ever-increasing industry Mm -hmm. Um, and commercials they just pay so well (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's cool would you say then for people who like you said actors voice actors or or just actors in general is there like a place that they would generally be able to um, go to for voiceover work or is it something that you have to constantly sort of be on the lookout for well if you're a trained actor or actress you would have been taught all the skills you need um, in drama school Right. Of course, it's not a necessity. You don't need to be trained, but Mm. a lot of the best ones are because you learn a lot of skills that you need. It's the same as a musician or an engineer. You were trained in your craft. Therefore, you're going to be good at it. Mm. Little things you can do is is listen to commercials, listen to documentaries. How are they speaking and to get you to engage in the product rather than just talking about it? Yes. Feel like, like record yourself on your phone, find a random commercial on the telly or something, read it out and ask yourself, would I buy the product based on what I just said? That's a cool tip. If not, then why not? Did I did I stress the right word? Was I friendly enough? Right. Um, things like that you can do. And I'd say that having a really great voice is like 20% of what it takes to be a good VO artist. It's mm. how you are in the booth. It's taking notes. It's all sorts of things that go into it. You know what that reminds me of? It's a really, really random story to, to mention, but it made me think of when they were casting the voice for um thumper in bambi have you heard this story before i don't think so so you know uh that at the beginning they're all kids or like you know they they're young animals and thumper has this really like sort of loud voice compared to all of the other like very peaceful cute little um voices of the other woodland animals and it was because when they were doing the casting with the kids there were all these kids who were re- well, what's the what's the line that they say something like if you haven't got anything nice to say don't say anything at all but you know they were saying if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything at all sort of all- and then this kid who's like this sort of boisterous little kid goes if you don't have anything nice to say and he sort of just says it all <laughs> sort of loud and they were like yeah. this sounds ridiculous we've got a custom sort of thing yeah. so it's it's true like you said it's about the way that it's done i guess isn't it 100 uh, percent. and the most random of things could get you cast it's great yeah definitely 
I also wanted to know, because obviously we've spoke about the voiceover side of things, but being an engineer is such a, it's it's its own thing, isn't it? I, I, I feel like I keep saying the word niche in so many interviews, but I suppose you have a niche. <laughs> yeah, um, you use niche a lot. <laughs> I know, I suppose it just, it's related to each person, isn't it? They have their niche, but it is. Engineering is its own thing. Um, did you feel that that interest sort of developed from songwriting or was it something that um, maybe came to you at school because I feel like y- you studied music at school didn't you so yeah. there's an element when you're doing GCSE and A level that you have to compose music do you think that, that was the side of engineering that came to you or did it come later so my love for engineering is really different to my love for like music or songwriting or anything like that I think it's kind of two sides to my passion for kind of music and audio in general I studied when I was in college I studied music tech BTEC. I loved everything to do with it. I, I only picked that because I needed something that I really liked because I picked like crazy subjects like maths and physics. And I was like, I need something that's going to keep me sane in college. I just fell in love with it. And the real moment that kind of sticks out to me that I kind of, all right, this is what I want to make a career in. This is what I want to do. Um, is just when you're working with a musician that maybe doesn't know how to record themselves or hasn't been in a studio before, but they have like this clear vision on what they want their song to sound like. They have this, but they can't get it to sound like that. Um, That's literally me. That's literally, you're talking about people like me. (laughs) Like Um, to me, audio engineers are everything because they somehow manage, they're like surgeons and doctors. They're able to get into your brain and, find what it is that you're thinking of and get it out there it's so helpful yeah most definitely yeah I, I and I love that <laughs> moment when you record something for them and then you piece it together and you play it back and they just like this is exactly what I wanted or oh, but that's so satisfying and they see you. it and you're like I don't know on, on a more selfish job you're like wow without without me or the engineering that wouldn't have happened but then I think about all these incredible artists that could be out there that just haven't been recorded yet Mm. or like mixed or whatever it is. So yeah, I just love that part. I love taking the ideas of a artist or musician and then turning it into something that- Bring it to life. Yeah, and something that everyone can listen to and then everyone can enjoy, not just them in their bedroom banging out Mm, their songs, you know? I mean, speaking of this, I don't don't think we've even mentioned this, but- Farrell is actually our um, composer for our circle theme tune. Yay. The entry song and the yeah. or the intro and the outro that you hear was created from start to finish by Farrell. Yeah. So Thank you. if anyone wants to um, get in touch with him about this and, you know, maybe more projects, please do. And mm. also obviously support his music as well. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you, do you, do you prefer the performing you're doing or do you prefer the technical side or do you not have a preference? They're just different. I love both of them almost equally. I would say on like a personal level, I associate performing a bit more with kind of guitar. I've I've been a guitarist longer than I've been an engineer. But then on the engineering side, it's a very different side to me that I love just as much. I'll get as much satisfaction of engineering a band or a studio session recording it for eight hours a day as I would being the musician in the studio recording Mm. eight hours a day. It's, it's just two kind of sides of me. It's the 
creative side to then the more techie side, which I just love all that stuff anyway. There's a little mm. geek inside of me. Eager to <laughs> <laughs> so you have a debut track being released. Well, will have been released by the time this comes out. So can you tell our listeners a bit more about it? Was What was the inspiration behind it? Of course. The, the track is called Love Again, and it's kind of based around the kind of feelings that people have after a breakup or something like that, where you're kind of like, if I if I feel this bad or if I feel this down after breaking off with someone that you, you loved, um, why would I then open myself up to feeling that way again? Um, that's kind of how the chorus is developed. So it's awfully happy if you guys haven't realized. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's, it's not, it's not based on one particular person or anything like that. It's more on the feelings and emotions that one feels kind of when they're in that kind of more mourning period of a breakup. Oh, so there's no juicy story behind it. If there was, I'll (laughs) never share it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And is that a theme that we can expect from the more music that you're going to release or is it all different? definitely sonically this track is something that i want to explore more um this is the first track that i've that i've hit kind of start to finish it's all being me that i really feel this is my sound and i want to explore this more so definitely sonically i would like to you'll be hearing a lot more of this kind of stuff um lyrically i hope i can get a bit happier as time goes (laughs) on i i tend to write really sad lyrics and i don't know why um, I, I just sells I think like sad music sells yeah I, I love a good sad song mm. so I just like I just love I all think that it's stuff. just it's relatable isn't it, it? Is. like everyone yeah. feels sad and if you can kind of evoke those emotions mm. through the song and someone sat there listening to it like I felt this way before I'm going through this then yeah Sometimes 100%. I think it's like a it's almost like a therapy form, isn't it? Some people aren't good at giving themselves those moments to talk about their emotions or things. And sometimes just pl- playing a song helps, doesn't 100%. it? If they just yeah. suddenly cry or feel that moment, you're helping them. So Yeah. When I write lyrics, I try to anyway, not make it so individual about either myself or my own experience on one particular thing. I try to make the lyrics right. slightly broader so that you can listen to it. And then put your own, like you can relate to it in your own way, Mm, but the lyrics still kind of describe what you might have gone through or something like that. Mm. I try anyway. It doesn't always work. Those are the words that you'll never hear. (laughs) That's so interesting. I feel like you're really, you really take into account the listener when you're writing it. Because I feel like, I don't know, I'm not a songwriter myself, but I, I don't know. I always thought that maybe you'd get an inspiration from a situation or something write a song and then if the listeners like it they like it but it sounds like what you do is kind of you have your initial kind of spark and idea and then you kind of sounds like you tailor it to what you think the listener would like to hear yeah I do sometimes on on some of them I I might go down more of myself when I'm writing the song and then towards the end kind of tinker things just to make them a bit broader Um, but definitely I think you have to you have to write music for yourself first Mm. I think and then you gotta then write for people as well Um, does that make it more authentic do you think I think so I definitely think when you write for yourself you're writing stuff that no one else has done and it's then just tailoring that so that other people will enjoy it not just you and I think that's the um 
kind of process I try to go down. It doesn't always work. I have a lot of songs that no one else will like but me. <laughs> but hopefully, that's yeah. okay. Hundred <laughs> percent. It's just I won't release those ones. I'm definitely going to be releasing a lot more now. This this first one has been a long time coming. People have been like, just release it, just release it, and I've always been like, no. Let me tinker a bit more. Um, so <laughs> I, I will say that about you. You are someone who is a perfectionist. You you yeah. go over things, and I'm like, I did not think that that needed a thing done to it. And then, yeah, to, to credit you, you then do something insanely more amazing to it. And I'm like, oh, well, all right, <laughs> fair <laughs> yeah, enough. That, also, that could also shoot you in the foot a little bit sometimes when right. a song is good. You know it's good, but it's almost that that little fear that like oh, what if I didn't think of this or I need to do that? And then you start adding too much into it. That's I used to like do that anything a lot. Like with art, I think. Or, or anything in general, but I think definitely with anything artistic. Like It's the same with like when I'm painting. I'm like, this looks good. <laughs> Maybe I'll do this. And then I've ruined it. <laughs> so yeah. I think it's the At same. At least thing. I could go back on a song. You have to then cover it up with something. Mm. <laughs> I, could never, I, could never be an, I could never be an artist drawing or painting. I would... I don't have the patience. I would just be so bad at it. <laughs> so um, have you got any career goals or are you literally just as you go? I definitely have goals and what I want to achieve. I'm very ambitious in my career. I want to move upwards. I don't want to stay stagnant. Um, it's hard right now in this landscape of things. Sometimes you can feel a bit trapped in wherever you are. Mm. But I'm definitely ambitious um, about where things can go. On the engineering side, I want to be recording and engineering the biggest artists in the world and that's what yes that's what I want to do I will work towards that and hopefully releasing stuff like this so people can hear more work that I've done will help me Mm. to that Um, and in terms of being an artist it's kind of a new it's been a resurgence of a passion for me I kind of moved from I almost told myself it's okay that I'm not going to make it as a musician I'm going to devote everything into being an engineer I then obviously still write music because I love music and I'm a musician at heart, but I wasn't pursuing it as a career. Mm. But now I've I've found my sounds. I've started adding things that I think people can like. I'm definitely excited to see where this could go. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be happy if five people listen to this song and they all heavily relate to it and love it. And they like it, they connect with it on a level that like when I listen to a one of my favorite songs like I will be happy with that but I also want to kind of go further and potentially play my music to lots of people in a live situation and kind of see see where it all goes mm, definitely I'm open to it all to see that for you I, I just hope once this bloody pandemic's over you can just start throwing yourself into that and hope we're in the home more. stretch now yeah home <laughs> well, stretch. So. Fingers, crossed. fingers crossed yeah this has been great I, I, I feel like so many people listening to this are going to have a lot more questions so hopefully we can get you back during your success and onward and upward great. sort of thing yeah definitely uh, our circle season two new yeah. jingle new everything yeah, we just have you back for every Ooh. season <laughs> <laughs> every season and you have a new track that'll be amazing <laughs> that'll be great that'll be good it's a good incentive for us both <laughs> <laughs> indeed um, and this so, has been so fun guys this oh thank great. you you guys so are very good, good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. We, um, we like to end every episode by um, asking, or towards the end of every episode, we like to ask our guests what makes up their circle. And I think we can probably anticipate what your answer is. But what makes up your circle in your life? If you were a circle, what would be made up of? I think music. Yeah. Just from the top of my head. Um, <laughs> I think music. Music, 
family, friends, good vibes, happy all the time. Not all the time because all my music is bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That was that was that was a lie. That, I I completely fucked that up. Not at all. I think that was a great summer. Uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty yeah. honest. And I kind of like the notion that your only sadness gets or all of your sadness gets pushed channeled to the music yeah (laughs) that makes me sound so sad no it doesn't it makes you sound like you're a happy person and any sadness that you have it's like oh putting into music you need you need a bit of sadness in life otherwise what would life be yeah what would happiness (laughs) be if you didn't have the sadness yeah right right um so at the end of every episode we do like to dedicate it to a small business a charity or an organization as you're our guest we um wanted to ask you and you said that you wanted to obviously promote yourself and we wanted to make sure that everyone checks out this new track so at the end of this video instead of our outro music it will most definitely be part of farrell's new song um please (laughs) please please go and check that out you can find all of the links in our description you can go and follow him on instagram which will have the links again in our description on the screen for our youtube video and it will be on our instagram post but we also wanted to share a bit or shed some light on the current situation for the music industry because of the pandemic. It'd be really great if we can show support for the live industry in general, because that's basically stopped. So we're getting a bit better now, but um, it's it's been hit really hard. And it's it's not just the, it's, it's everything to do with the venues, your, your little venues that only you guys know. They're the ones that are struggling, the random ones that in London and wherever you could be. It's the artists who tour there. It's not just them. It's the engineers that do the sound. It's the lighting crew. It's the bar staff that give you your drinks. It's all Mm. of that. So Mm. just showing support for all of them and any help that you can give. Definitely. So I think the best way that we feel that we can do this is by sharing resources with you guys. So instead of telling you um, right now on the audio and through on the YouTube video, I was telling you places, we're just going to give you a lot of um, resources in our description box. So please go and check that out. Please see who you can follow, which hashtags you can follow. And yeah, just try and keep everyone in the loop about new artists current artists you know events that could be coming up hopefully soon obviously everyone stay safe and um yeah hopefully (laughs) we can get the live music back and up and running in a good way and hopefully Farrell will be leading it (laughs) maybe maybe (laughs) thank you very 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 much for joining us today we've absolutely loved having you and like we said hopefully we'll have you again next season next week whenever (laughs) that'd be great we'd love it (laughs) Great. So thanks everyone for listening. Please go and check out all of our social medias. Please go and check out Farrell's social medias. Again, links will be in description. Make sure to stream on Spotify and Apple. Go and subscribe to our YouTube channel and we'll see you for our next episode. Bye.